and all God's people say, man, that was a great song. I got, I, we can, we can leave now, but I'm not going to let you leave because you still got to hear my sermon. But that was an incredible message just in that music right there that we need the name of Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen. I don't care what you're going through or what you've been through. Jesus can get you through anything and everything if you allow him the opportunity. So my prayer this morning is that we're just open to whatever Jesus wants to do, and we kind of go with that. It's kind of funny. My sermon is titled this morning, Live Like Jesus. And so it's a perfect fit into uh, to what's going on in this world because I don't know about you all. I see everybody looking down at their phones. Anybody ever see that? Okay. Few, all, all the older people are shaking your hand. All the younger people are going, no. Um, I get it. The thing is, I think we're always looking for the next new app, right? And I think one of the things that I want to make sure that I understand in my life, the, the, the only app I need is to live like Jesus. And if I, I punch that, wouldn't that be a great app? You just punch it and you're <laughs> starting to live like Jesus. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be awesome, right? And I think sometimes I think we forget the importance of really uh, taking advantage of, of, of that. Now, make sure you guys know when I say app, I'm saying app is like on your phone, not an appetizer that you get. Some people get confused if you're over 50. I get it. But I really want to be able to push the app that says live like Jesus because life can get crazy, right? Maybe you guys heard about an old fellow about my age <laughs> driving down the freeway. His cell phone rang and Answering, he heard Amy's voice, I mean, his wife's voice, urgently warning him, Herman, I just heard on the news there's some nut going the wrong way on I-64. Please be careful, she said. Herman replied, it's not just one car, it's hundreds of them. That's a good one. Come on now. I know, I know, I got it. Here's the thing, though. Do you ever feel like there's just hundreds of cars coming at you and you just don't know how to get around it and life is just beating the time out of you and you're like, Lord, I need to live like Jesus. I want to speak the name of Jesus. I want to speak the name of Jesus over fear and anxiety and all my insecurities and all the things that I am uh, I'm messed up with by this world. Because the truth is, and you've heard me say it, we're all kind of messy. Man, we need Jesus. And when we understand that, we'll understand the importance of really trusting him and really relying on him. Um, there, uh, a psychiatrist once said there's symptoms um, that you can kind of look in your life. If you feel like you're overload or if you feel like life's coming at you, um, see if any of these symptoms fit you. Decision-making becomes more difficult, both major and minor decisions. Excessive daydreaming. I'm in trouble. Increased use of cigarettes, alcohol, or prescription drugs. I'm watching you guys to see if anybody... Okay, I'm joking. It's all, it's all reality. You live with a fear of a heart attack or another sudden illness. Sudden outbursts of anger or hostility. Paranoid ideas and mistrust of friends. Frequent spells of brooding and feelings of inadequacy. If I didn't hit you this morning, you're not living. 
the truth is we all have stress. We all have issues. We all have messiness in our life. Harris survey um, says that one in three Americans say they live with stress every day of their life. Six of 10 Americans say they experience great stress once or twice a week. That's a lot of stress. And I think those are, as, as COVID has come, and this was, was before COVID, but now as COVID is here, it's getting more and more and more. And I think we are becoming people that need to learn how to navigate um, this life, allowing Jesus to work with us, allowing Jesus to work through us, and being excited about what Jesus can, can do. What's stressing you out? I think one of the biggest things that we can start doing is, is naming that stress and then say, Jesus, I'm, I'm going to speak your name over that stress. She just said, we just sung it this morning. What do you need to write down and say, Lord, help me with this? Maybe it's one thing. Maybe it's 180 things. I get it. Just be honest. I think one of the biggest things that fail the church is, is lack of authenticity. It's, it's when we're not being real and honest with what we have. Um, we need to be truthful. We're all broken. We all make mistakes. Um, Jeff and I, we stand before you um, every week, and, and we, we tell you straight up, we're, we're a mess. Don't depend on us. Depend on, on God and on Jesus. I think it's important that when you decide how to, how to get through this life, how to navigate through this life, um, you need to live like Jesus. I first titled the sermon, um, I wish somebody told me that. <laughs> Have you ever had that? Well, if I just knew that. So if you're younger and you've heard the, you haven't heard these things, maybe this, this will help you. The first thing is that we see how Jesus lived. We, when we look at his examples, we know that he, he knew who he was. And so we need to know who we are. Know who you are. Do you realize that you have been bought by the blood of Jesus? And if you don't, I just want to tell you this morning, it's a great release when you get it, when you understand that. When I totally understood that forgiveness, um, I was in North Carolina on, on a half of a mountain, and I, I realized that I was forgiven, and I didn't know what to do with it, and I just couldn't stop smiling. It made everything change. It made all the stupid mistakes I had made in those 16 years, which doesn't seem like a lot, but I'd made a lot, and it made it all go away, because that's what Jesus does. Amen? Jesus had no idea. Let's try it again. Jesus had no doubt um, as to his identity. He, in fact, eight times in the Bible, Jesus um, denies himself and says, I am, and then he says, fill in the blank. He says, I am the truth. I am the way. One time he said, I am the life. He says, I am the son of God. I am sent from the one above. I am the door. I am the bread of life. I am the living water. Jesus always knew who he was. We need to understand that we need to know who we are. We are messy people living for Jesus. We've made mistakes. We've made it. We have issues. But our goal is not this world. It is Jesus. And if we get that, we understand how we can understand who he is. And we understand that he is our strength. He is the door that we can walk through. He is the one that's sent from above and we can trust. He is the bread of life. He is the living water. He can break every stronghold. He can fix everything. See, Jesus knew exactly who he was. Do you? That's all scripture that I just I brought out. John 8, 12, Mark 14, 62, John 14, 6, John 14. 
6.35. It's all things that we need to be reminded of ourselves and be reminded that we need to know who we are. And we are bought by the blood of Jesus. It's kind of that simple and kind of that hard. John MacArthur says this, belief in Jesus Christ is total identity with him. I think that's really important that we get that. It's total identity, not just a little bit, not just a half. I think one of the reasons we fell in, in Christianity is because he's not our total identity. There's no such thing as a partial belief or a partial salvation. A person who does not totally commit himself to Christ disbelieves in him, no matter how many positive things he may have happened to say about him. So, Here's the thing. You can have all the, the nice, filly, emotional things. Anybody ever get those? I get them in church. I, heck, I had two this morning just singing those songs. But see, that's not what's going to get me to heaven. That's nice and it's good, but those aren't the things I can count on. You know what I can count on? is the Word of God. I can count on the words that Jesus said to me, and I can count on who He is and what He does for even me. And I can live in this world because he lived for me. Can I get an amen? Jesus was so bold to say in John 8, 18, I testify on my own behalf. And Jesus is saying this, this is who I am. I think there's a moment in our life when you say, you know what, who am I? The older I get, the more that comes true to realize who I am and who he is. The only way I can know who I am that I know that he is who he is. And when I get that, I understand whose I am. <laughs> That's not correct English, so I didn't tell Amy I was going to say that. I'm Jesus. I'm his. And when I get that, I can identify everything. So every insecurity, every anxiety. Now, they're, listen, am I saying it's that easy? No, I'm just saying put it in the hands of Jesus and see what happens. Try. Doesn't mean that you can't use other things and other, but I think one of the main things we need to do is keep Jesus the main thing. We need to try, try to start everything we do in our life with Him. You got a fear? Give it to Jesus. You got an anxiety? A hundred of them? Give them to Jesus. You got whatever it is. You're insecure. I think we all deal with insecurities. I'm living for Jesus. So not only know, know uh, who you are, know what you're living for. John 5.30, I'm not trying to do what I want, but only what my Father who sent me wants. That's pretty important. I say when you walk with Jesus, you want to do what God wants you to do. How many of you have uh, ever done something that God didn't want you to do? Don't raise your hands. You know what I'm saying? I think there's a lot of us, whether you're watching online or you're listening right now, there's a lot of us that have done things that we shouldn't have done. John 8, 29 says this, I always do those things that are pleasing to him. Man, <laughs> I wish I could say that. I, I catch myself. Sometimes I'm watching a movie. It's got stuff in it that I shouldn't be watching. Anybody ever been there? And I know that I shouldn't watch it, but I, I'm strong enough. I can get over that. I'm a mess. Um, I'm getting to the point, if you really want to watch any TV, you just got to go to Andy Griffith at this point. Um, seriously, it's the only thing that doesn't try to have an agenda. Um, their only agenda is kind of make you laugh, which I appreciate. Um, I, I, I've gotten to that point where, where those are the things 
that I need to understand and I need to sometimes step aside of and, and be honest with, be transparent with. Luke 16, 13, no one can serve two masters. The message says it like this, no worker can serve two bosses. He'll either hate the first and love the second or adore the first and despise the second. So who you living for? Are you living for Jesus? Are you um, knowing that he is the only one? Not only he's the one of who I am, he's the one that gets me through everything. I know, I know that I know that I know that I'm living for Jesus. If we don't do that, then we're, we're out there again. And so this morning, I just want to challenge you. Maybe that hits you. And if that hits you, maybe you need to get up here and have somebody pray for you. Don't worry, I'm not done yet. There's still more sermon. But I think it's important that we, we challenge people to the altar because I think it's important for people to give up things. I know who I'm living for. And when I know that, I can start doing what God's called me to do, which brings me to the third point, know your calling. John eight fourteen says this, I know where I came from and where I am going. Pretty that easy. These all these points all go together. It's very important that we get them and put them together and try to do them every day. I know that I'm called to live for Jesus. How many of you've ever gone outside your calling? Anybody here? I have. Okay, just me. Thanks. Um, bunch of liars. I'm preaching on that next time I get to. I'm joking. Here's the thing that I need you to understand: when you go outside your calling, the only person that hurts is you. And I've done that before. I've done stuff where, you know, I'm like, I don't think God wants me to do that. And then I didn't do it, and I really think God wanted me to do it, and then it eats me alive. Anybody ever do that? Something simple, something big sometimes, something just every day. And I just got to say, what do you want me to do, God? And then I try to do it. I try to listen to him. What's the best way to listen to God? The Word of God. You want to hear God speak? Read his Word. Watch what it says to you and apply it. One of the biggest things that I think is, is essential for the church today is that we teach the application of God's word, not just the hearing of it. I think sometimes we hear it and it goes in one ear and out the other. And then by Monday, we're, we're, we're crucifying Jesus with our actions. And I know that sounds pretty harsh, but I think we get to that point where we have messed what he wants us to do. Try, try just one day do, doing what Jesus wants you to do. See what happens. See, see what he has called you to be. So the question is, what's he calling you to be? Now, I think this question sometimes um, gets confusing, and I will deal with that, I promise. James 1.8 says this, a person who has doubts is thinking about two different things at the same time and can't make up his mind about anything. Um, it's important that we understand the one thing we need to do is Hebrews 12.1, fix our eyes on Christ Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. He is the one who wrote everything that we do if we just follow Jesus. Ephesians 4.1 says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. It's, it's important. It's essential. Some of you may say, well, I don't have a calling. I just, I want to be at church. No, 
You're wrong. You do. We're all called to ministry. Did you know that? Sorry about your luck. Y'all are called to ministry. Every one of us in here have been called. to. If you read the word of God, you're called to ministry. Say amen. If you don't believe me, let me read the word. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 18. Therefore, anyone that is in Christ, this person is a new creation. The old things have passed. Behold, the new things have come. See, that's really important. It's funny how God works things together. Um, one of the things, I, I woke up this morning and, and Amazon sings me praise and worship. It's kind of cool, I know. I'm, I'm not saying anything good about it. Just, it's nice. And the song was, it's called New Creation by Mac Powell. And it was pretty powerful. And it reminded me, all right, God, you're talking to me right now. You're, I got to listen. I know what you've called me to be. I heard another song, and I'm like, Lord, just speak to me this morning. The next thing it said is, God's not done with me yet. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm so glad. I don't know if you guys are, but I'm glad. I'm, I'm excited. Old things have, have gone. New things have come. What are the new things in your life? Now, this is where it gets tricky. Now, all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. Now, here's the thing. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Us means y'all. That's the Southern version. Thank you. I'll be here all week. It means every one of you are called to be ministers of reconciliation, whether you like it or not. What's that mean? You are called to win people to Jesus. You're called to brought to brought to bring people to God. You have a calling. Now start listening to it. Now some of you even have other. There are people in this congregation or in our church that can sing and they aren't singing. There's people in this church that have been called to teach and they're not teaching. There's people in this church that have been called to pray and we need you to start praying. Tell us about it. Tell me your calling. Let's see what God can do and let's see where he can apply you in this place. I think one of the biggest things that that God's body needs to do is just talk to each other. Get to know each other. We, we've, we struggle with that. You want to know your calling? Start knowing what God has put you here for. And ask him, God, what do you want from me today? Help me to hear that. Help me to, you know, when someone else says, you know, you're good at that, that's, that helps you. When you listen to other people and they say, you know, you really helped me today. Maybe you're thinking, okay, maybe God can use me. Can I tell you this morning, God can use you. The Bible says that's true. Can I get an amen? That's one of those things you should clap for. I'm not going to make you clap this morning because you would all do the golf clap. I don't want that. But it's important that you understand that's what he's called you to. Right? That's, thank you, Bill. I knew I'd get Bill in there. You need to get fired up, Bill. You helped me second service. It's really essential. Henry Blackaby, who's one of my favorite guys who writes, he says this, the reality is that the Lord never calls the qualified. He qualifies the called. <laughs> That's a little tricky, but it's very true. I, I will tell you this. I went and saw a bunch of my old friends a couple weeks ago. Guys, I grew up, one kid, 
I went to kindergarten with. Isn't that crazy? And we grew up together. He's not a kid anymore. He's 53, just like me. And we're sitting there like, what happened? When did, when did this happen? And, and we're talking about life. And one of the guys looked at me and said, we never would have guessed you would have been a minister. I know me either. Yeah. It's true. I mean, I grew up, my dad was a bartender. I grew up at the bar. I knew a lot of bad jokes. I knew a lot of bad jokes I shouldn't say out loud. I probably wouldn't have been the person you go, oh, that guy's going to be a pastor. But that's what God can do when he qualifies you. He can even use a fat kid who, who said the wrong words and did the wrong things a lot, but he found Jesus, and now he can use him to show other people who Christ is. Isn't that exciting? I'm not even done yet. Let's keep going. Focus on what matters most. We kind of touched base on that, but I want to kind of revisit that. You need to fix your eyes on Christ Jesus. Fix your eyes on him. That's what matters most. Luke 9, 51. As the time drew near for his return to heaven, he, being Jesus, remember, we're going to live like Jesus, moved steadily onward toward Jerusalem with an iron will. I like the Living Bible's version of that because it, it says that he knew that he knew that he knew. I want to have an iron will sometimes. I want to have that, that, that consistency that always says, Lord, I'm going to do what you want me to do. Can I get an amen? Thank you, Clark. I heard that one. I appreciate that. Luke 9.62 says this, anyone who lets himself be distracted from the work I plan for him is not fit for the kingdom of God. So that's a tough one, right? Let me, I want to read it again. Anyone who lets, this is Jesus talking, lets himself be distracted from the work I plan for him is not fit for the kingdom of God. You need to fix your eyes on Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean that if you've been distracted that you're done. It means you need to get your eyes set back on Jesus. You need to get your head on. You need to get that iron will and say, no matter what happens in this life, I'm going to live for Jesus. Even when people say I'm crazy, even when people say that I don't love enough or I'm not, I'm not nice enough because I, I believe the Bible and I believe the words of the Bible. And when it says that, that abortion is a sin, I say, yes, it is. And that may hurt someone's feelings who went through that, but that's not the goal. The goal is to preach the word of God. Can I get an amen? Because abortion is a sin. These things are sin. You can go through it. Gluttony. I struggle with that one, and I have to work on that one with an iron will. I want to be better with that. That means because I love Jesus, I can conquer the things that I grew up with. It's that easy, and it's that hard. I need that iron will. 1 Corinthians 10 10, uh, 23 says this, we are free to do anything, but not all things are helpful or profitable or wholesome or constructive to your character and spiritual life. Again, if you've messed up, I get it, but let's start today. Maybe you need, again, altar call. Maybe you need to come up here and say, God, get my head on straight. Even if you, in your chair right there, kneel down and say, God, help me. There's some humility when we kneel before the Lord. There is. And I think we need to do it more. We need to do it with an iron will, with the consistency that Jesus had for us. This one would be simple, you think, but this is what Jesus did, and this is how he lived, and we need to do the same thing. Talk to God. 
Talk to him. Pray every once in a while. Get excited. Get fired up. Let people hear your prayer and know that you believe what you're saying. I love Bill. He comes in here every morning and prays over every seat. You think you haven't prayed over this morning? You have. Isn't that awesome? Man, I need that. I'm thankful for that. I want to have that in my life. I want to be able to talk to God where it's no big deal that he's just my friend and I can just say these things. Mark 1.35, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. It's not about show. It's about talking to your father. Man, I love him. And if I love what he's done for me, I need to thank him for that. I need to talk to him. If Jesus did this, it's something that I think we need to do. Can I get an amen? I think another thing that is essential is, is prayer. I know when I first started ministry, you could go to schools and pray. I, I think they do a little bit of that now, but not a lot. We're, we're, we're taking these things away and these things are essential, and we're messing the boat. Church, we need to start talking to God. Your children, listen to me. They need to see you talking to God. They need to see you putting it out there. You know what? Maybe you say, I don't know what to pray. Pray the Word of God. There's no greater prayer than the Word of God. Pray it over you. Speak life over it. Speak Jesus. I think we've already talked about that a few times. Luke 5, 15 through 16, news about Jesus spread even more. Crowds came to hear him and, and to be healed. But Jesus often slipped away so he could be alone, so he could pray. We need to pray. If Jesus prayed, then we need to pray. He had, he had, the, he had the line. He was there. He could talk to his father, and he always is. Sometimes we say we're praying, and we may not be. Sometimes we're, we say, I'm always praying. Yeah, maybe. It doesn't sound like it, but okay. Prayer means you're talking to God about the things in your life, but you're not just asking him to do great things for you. You're asking him to do great things through you. You're asking him to help those around you. Every one of us in this place knows someone we can pray for, and I love you enough to say maybe you haven't prayed for them yet, and that's not good. When you know someone hurting, when you know someone's going through something, when you know someone is tired or overwhelmed, you need to pray for them. Can I get an amen? Colossians 2, 7 says this, plant your roots in Christ and let him be the foundation of your life. It's just as simple as that. I promise we're getting close. Find friends you can trust. Mark 3, 14. He appointed 12, designing them apostles so they might be with him. You need people around you that you can trust, that you know that they're living for God, and they, they're going to be honest with you. Now, sometimes we don't want people that are honest with us. We just want people to tell us how good we are, right? That's not good. I know, I've got a friend right now, I can ask him, you think I did a good job with this? <laughs> and sometimes they'll say yes, sometimes they'll say no, I ended up marrying her. Um, that's a good one, right? Yeah. Amy will shoot straight with me. I know she will. Most of you who know her know she will. 
And when I'm messing up, she'll tell me, pick that up. <laughs> oh, honey, I've been busy. Pick it up. It's ma'am, I'm, I'm, I'm on it. But she'll always shoot straight with me, and I trust her. And when I go through times where I'm having spiritual issues or things going on, I know she'll shoot straight with me. And I've learned that I can shoot straight with her, then run real fast. It's really, no, that's lovely. I don't run fast. But anyway, I thought it was funny. So it's imperative. It's essential. It's, it's, it's true that you need friends you can trust. You build people around you that won't always tell you how good you are, but will tell you what needs to happen so you can be better, so you can be God's. Chuck Swindoll says this, I cannot even imagine where I would be today were it not for a handful of friends who have given me a heart full of joy. Let's face it, friends make, a lot, make life a lot more fun. Amen and amen. Matthew 26, 38 says this, Jesus said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Sometimes you just need someone to get you through it. I got that, that few people I know I can call and say, hey, we're dealing with this. I need you. When we went through with what we went through with my son Isaac, there were a few people that were there for me, and I trust them. They're not perfect people, but they, they were my friends in that season, and they loved Jesus, and they knew that, that the only way I could get through what I was going through was Jesus. All right, last point. Promise, maybe. Take a deep breath and enjoy life. These are all things I wish someone had told me sometimes. I think sometimes we get so busy that we forget to have fun. When was the last time you just had a giggle or laugh and just realized things are pretty good? My son Wyatt, when I start listening to him, he sounds like an old man like Archie Bunker, who lives in my basement. Some of you don't know who Archie Bunker is. Um, Google it. It's pretty funny. He, he's, he's, he's down there. And we've learned, Amy and I just look at each other. Try not to laugh out loud. We wait till he leaves. But it's hilarious. Don't worry. I don't think he'll watch this, so I'm good. Um, he's, too, he's too busy complaining about something else. But it's funny. Our house is chaos. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Some of you have been there, you know, you don't stay there very long because you're like, what in the world? We, we know. We know. It is what it is. That's, we know this is where God's got us. And I can tell you without doubt that even in the chaos, if I take time just to know that, that, that I can laugh, um, the Bible says laughter's good medicine. We need to, to laugh a little bit with each other. We need to get away a little bit with each other. I'm so thankful that the group got to go to, uh, to Lake Cumberland this week. It's one of my favorite places. And they're there they're this morning worshiping, and they, they're doing it as they see this huge lake. And it's just amazing. But there are people that are getting to bond together. I think we need that. We're all here together. We need to bond together. We need to get to know each other better. Mark 6.31 says this, crowds of people were coming and going so that they did not even have time to eat. <laughs> he said to them, come away by yourselves and we'll go to a lonely place and get some rest. Sometimes I read that and I say, oh, that sounds so good. 
Just get some rest. Sometimes you need that. I'm not against naps. Some preachers are. I'm for them. I, I, I take them on accident sometimes. Anybody else? You really want to take a nap and enjoy it. We'll just watch soccer for 10 minutes. Sorry for soccer fans out there. That's my go-to. I'm just being honest. <laughs> Pray for me. Matthew eleven nineteen says this, Jesus came enjoying life. I think sometimes we think he's a stick of mud, that, that, that mean and ugly and just a jerk and never. No, not my Jesus. My Jesus laughed. He giggled. You know, one of the best things I watched, I watched the whole book of Matthew and it was on a video. And the guy who did it was a guy named Bruce Marciano. And, and the one thing he said was, I couldn't stop smiling. When you're Jesus, man, I think he enjoyed life. He liked it when little kids came to him. It says it in the Bible. I believe that I believe that we don't even have a clue how happy he was and how happy we need to be. Jesus came enjoying life. And if I want to live like Jesus, I'm going to enjoy life. Can I get an amen? 11, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 29, Jesus said to them, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take yoke upon you, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle and will find rest for your souls. It's that simple. You want rest? Ask Jesus for it. Ask Jesus for everything. I finish with this. So one of the things... Right now, the chaos at our house, as I talk about the chaos, um, Stephen's got uh, flu B. Somebody asked me what flu B is. I said, it's not flu A. I, I don't know. He, it's, he's congested, and he doesn't feel good at all. So I'll give you air hugs as you leave. I'm good, but I get it. Anyway, he came in my room last night, and he goes, man, I'm really wanting to hug you right now, Dad. I'm like, okay, what are we going to do? He goes, this is what I'm doing. I'm giving you the hugest, and I love the word hugest, air hug you could ever imagine. And he went like that. Man, I felt it. I want you to know this morning that Jesus is giving you the hugest air hug. Just let him give it to you. Let him wrap his arms around you. Feel it. I felt it when he said that. I gave it back to him. He looked at me and says, that was good. I know, man, we're good. Hugest air hugs. Sometimes it's that simple. Maybe this morning you need to go to the altar and give one of those to Jesus or let him give one of those to you. That's the goal. I'm going to ask the praise team to come on up. And as they're coming up, we're, we're singing to Jesus. We're singing and asking him to help us. Don't be scared to get up here. Don't be scared to have somebody pray for you. Don't be scared to, to let God move in this moment. Maybe you need to do, kneel down where you are and just pray. Don't be scared to do that. Don't be afraid to do that. Stand with me. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I can't thank you enough for the way you take care of us. Lord, may we receive that today. May people understand the importance of their ministry and start living it out loud. Lord, I speak Jesus 
I speak Jesus over everyone in here this morning. I speak Jesus over myself because I'm a mess. Lord, help us in our messiness to be reminded how great you are, how you've delivered us from that, how you've taken our sins and you've thrown them away. Lord, I love you and I need you. We all do. May we find that this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's children say,